I hope you are experiencing a God-glorifying day. I'd like to express my gratitude to Pastor Andrews and the team for allowing me to share a message with you as we continue our series on Jesus is the Bread of Life. We previously discussed Jesus is the Living Bread who satisfies. Today, we'll expound more on the title of Jesus being the Living Bread, but this time as the one who leads us or brings a sinner back to a perfect and holy God by means of his atoning death. What do I mean? Bear in mind that when God created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they were in good standing with God. They have an ongoing relationship with Him. They were united with God. However, as a result of their defiance and refusal to submit, their relationship with God was severe. Their eternal life was forbidden as a result of a breach they did not adhere to which was rebellion. They turned their backs on God, the one and only source of eternal life. Now, bread is a metaphor for life. A type of bread that did not grow on earth, providing temporary satisfaction and delaying physical death. However, there is a bread that came from heaven that provides continuous fulfillment and eternal life. It's understandable that Jesus had to descend from heaven. According to what Jesus said in John 6, 51-53, it says here, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Allow me to briefly explain the context first of Jesus' statement in this particular passage, especially you know, eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Many of Jesus' Jewish disciples found this statement difficult to comprehend, and they find it grotesque. Nonetheless, Jesus used figurative language. Anyone who has dealt with pagan sacrifice before was familiar with the metaphor of eating and drinking. This alluded to a taking of someone's innermost self, similar to an animal offered as a sacrifice to a god. The animal was only burned in its hole rare occasions. Only a piece of the animal was burned, but the whole animal was sacrificed. Part of the animal was given to the pagan priest as a special right or privilege, and the rest was given to the worshiper to prepare a feast for himself and his guests in the temple. And the pagan god was spiritually welcomed as guest to the feast. Interestingly, after the pagan god was offered the flesh of the animal sacrifice, it was understood that the pagan god had to participate in the animal sacrifice. As a result, the devotees were practically eating the pagan god when they ate the sacrifice. When the feast is over and done, the guests feel as if they had been filled with the spirit of God. Of course, this is idol worship for us. Those who took part in their practice, on the other hand, felt energized. This explanation of Jesus is not difficult to comprehend, for those who are used to the type of practice and worship. Now, the Lord redeemed this practice by informing His apostles that this time is not about animals or gods, but about Him. As David Guzik, a commentator, explains, Jesus spoke in a figure of speech. The metaphor, or the metaphor of eating and drinking, was common in Jesus' day and pointed to a taking within one's innermost being. It also no wonder, okay, that the Apostle Paul explained the statement of Jesus in his letter to the Corinthians, saying in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three, 
to 26. It says here, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the, this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. When we eat the bread and drink the cup, we proclaim, announce, herald, or preach the Lord's death until he returns. This is the meaning of the Greek word katangelo, to proclaim the Lord's death until his second coming. When believers eat the bread that represents Jesus Christ's body, it is crushed and ground by our teeth. It serves as a reminder to believers of how Jesus' body endured such pain and bruising. And as we drink from the cup, we are reminded of the blood shed on the cross for us, removing our sin, our shame, our guilt, and condemnation. As explained by Reverend Dustin Crow of Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, and this is what he said, Jesus says, as we grind the broken bread, that is his body, in our teeth and as the bitter taste of wine, his blood, lingers on our throats, we remember Christ's death. Now, as the living bread who came from heaven, let me reveal three vital items that Jesus did. Number one is that Jesus, the living bread, leads us to God. Now, let me again read John 6, 39 to 40. It says here in John 6, 39 to 40, And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life. And I will raise Him up on the last day. We realize that as the living bread who came from heaven, He is the only one who can reunite or lead us close to God. I am the bread of life, Jesus proclaimed. The expression, I am, it's different from the phrase, I am, that we commonly use nowadays to introduce ourselves to others. The statement, I am, is the equivalent of Yahweh, God's Hebrew name in the Old Testament. It's like exclaiming, Yahweh, the bread of life. And because Yahweh is the bread of life, Jesus presented himself as the bread that people must eat in order to live. Now, according to the text we just read, those who believe in Jesus will be resurrected on the last day. This isn't to mean that we don't believe in our current salvation. You may be sure that if you believe in Jesus, your body will be raised from the tomb on the last day, which is when he returns. When a person only looks at him and believes in him, he or she is safe and secure. There is no one else who can accomplish it but him. He is the only spiritual sustenance that can provide us with eternal life and nourishment. Because of Jesus Christ, a reconnection of the a creature to the creator has already been created just by looking at him and believing in him alone. And once a person has done this, he must be confident that he will be raised on the last day, just as Jesus promised. As Paul mentioned in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 19, it says here, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Christ reconciled us, sinners, to God himself. As Paul wrote, 
we are also asked to participate in the reconciliation ministry since he has already reconciled us to God. I can imagine the apostles giving the hungry people that bread that they received from the Lord Jesus Christ. However, I understand that some of them are only interested in the physical food that they can get. However, a number of them are spiritually hungry and are unsatisfied with the religious Pharisees preaching and teaching. We are called by the Lord to reach out to the spiritually hungry people. Why don't we seize every opportunity to tell them about Jesus? I have no objection to social media because it allows people to connect with one another. However, if all they do is reconnect with old friends and loved ones, this will not be enough. They need someone to lead them to God. And this is none other than, of course, Jesus Christ, the bread of life who came down. As John 6, 33 says in this passage, John 6, 33, it says here, For the bread of God is he who comes from heaven and gives life to the world. The world is spiritually dead. It has no Zoe life in it. The things we do in this world will have no meaning unless we reunite with the creator of our souls because only him can give the world Zoe life. And as we reunited back to God and as, he, as the Lord Jesus Christ leads us back to God, he will teach us. Second, Jesus, the living bread, leads us to everlasting life. In John 6, 45 to 53, it says, as it is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. So this is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that, they may, or so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Now, if we come to the Lord Jesus, we will know if we are getting the truth of the Father's word. However, if it is not, then it is not from the Lord. This does not mean that the people heard and learn these things directly from the Father to the point of seeing Him, I mean, uh, in His form, no one can see the Father or no one except Jesus Christ alone can see the Father. In John chapter 1, verse 18, it says here, No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made Him known. Now, we all understand that this passage tells us that it is Jesus Christ alone who have seen God. Now, the words truly, truly is Jesus' way of stressing things and letting them know that everything he says is true. It is true that he is the bread of life. The Israelites ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. Jesus continues to emphasize that he is the bread that came down from heaven. And if they eat of it, they will surely experience everlasting life. Everlasting death, which refers to hell, is the polar opposite of everlasting life. This is a place of anguish where no one can feel God's presence and grace, which everyone feels every moment on earth while still alive. You can still feel the grace of God every, I mean, every minute of the day. 
every second, every millisecond. But once a person arrives in this place of hell, there's no going back. They felt completely alone in this condition, which is why it is such a torturous location. Are you aware that in order to discipline a prisoner who is on a rampage in some cells, the wardens place him in a solitary cell where he's unable to communicate with anyone? This is horrible. No wonder David said in Psalm 16:11 in that passage, it says, In your presence there is fullness of joy. Yes, I'm aware that God is omnipresent, that he is present everywhere. There is no doubt about it. A condemned person in hell, on the other hand, will surely feel the agony and torture of not sensing and feeling God's presence and grace. Consider a person who dies without ever hearing about Jesus Christ. He'd remain there indefinitely, ad infinitum, or through infinity and forever. I understand how difficult it is to believe that a wicked person could spend eternity in that place. In a similar manner, G G the Jewish people are having difficulty comprehending Jesus' words about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. The Jews who were listening to Jesus quarreled over his statement about his flesh. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? They ask. Many Christians believe this is uh, more of a symbolic rather than literal. The Lord's bread and cup of unfermented wine, which he hands to the apostles, simply convey his body, which will be offered for sacrifice, and his blood, which will be poured on the cross for all humanity. There is no other way for any man on the face of the earth to experience eternal life except through Jesus Christ. The religious leaders can only point people in the direction of a higher being whom they refer to as God. However, Jesus directs people to himself. As he stated, he leads people to everlasting life. In John 6.53, the Lord Jesus Christ said in this passage, it says here, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Now, truly, there is no life. There is no authentic life. There is no eternal life, everlasting life, or purposeful life in a person unless he believes that Jesus is the living bread from which we must partake and drink, symbolizing his taking over our innermost being. Third and last is that Jesus, the living bread, leads us to grow spiritually. In John chapter 6, 54 to 59, it says here, Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Now, we all know why bread is important in the lives of every Jews, because this is their staple food. They understand this, that it will surely sustain them in their daily activities. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ also emphasized the importance of eating his flesh and drinking his blood. As Jesus himself said in this passage in John 56 to 57, he said, For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. For whoever feeds on my flesh, verse 56, and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, 
and I live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me, whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. One of the prominent Bible commentators, namely William Barclay, says, and this is what he said. Now, see what Jesus is saying. You must drink my blood. You must, make, you must take my life at the very center of your being. And the life of mine is the life which belongs to God. When Jesus said we must drink his blood, he meant that we must take his life into the very core of our hearts. And once we do that, we will undoubtedly experience spiritual growth. How frequently do you remind yourself of what Jesus did for you on the cross? My hope and prayer for you is that you will continue to abide in and be fed by Christ. There are no things or, or people in this world that can give our lives meaning. I recall a young Christian woman confiding in me about her ordeal. She was on the verge of marrying. Everything was in its proper place. The date has been set. The clothing has already been prepared. And invitations had already been sent to all their friends and family. Then her fiancé suddenly withdraw from the wedding. She was so at a loss for what to do that she decided to end her life due to shame. I allowed her to finish her lengthy story inside my office while she was sobbing and crying, heartbroken and seemingly lost. My gentle response to her was straightforward and simple. Is your fiancé your God? Is he the Lord of your life? Are you going to ruin your life over this person? Where is Jesus in this picture? I encourage you to seek forgiveness and reconnect with your Christian friends so that you have someone to assist you in your spiritual life. Go back to the Lord. I prayed for her, but I haven't seen her in over a year. I mean, you know, she didn't come back until one day, following my church training, a fine lady approached me and asked, do you remember me, Pastor? I made an attempt to recall my memories of her, and I said, are you the one who approached me in the office about your wedding? I haven't seen you in a long time. What happened? And she stated, I considered what you said, and you are right. I guess I should return to the Lord once more. I felt disconnected from him during the time. I'm completely recovered, and I'm reconnected once more to my Christian friends today. Indeed, Jesus is the living bread who nourishes our spiritual growth. As Jesus Christ said in John 6.35, and again, he said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus, the living bread, leads us to God. He reunites us to God. Jesus, the living bread, leads us to everlasting life, not to everlasting damnation, if you already believe in him. Jesus, the living bread, leads us to grow in him spiritually. Let us pray right now. Dear Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us on the cross to die for our sins and the sins of the world. We are truly grateful for what he did by offering his body for us, the living bread. It is true that we cannot fathom everything he says, but we are here believing whatever he says as truth. Now, if you need prayer, please raise up your right hand as a symbol of humility. Just go ahead and lift up your right hand right now. Lord Jesus, these hands are raised as a gesture that says we need you always in our lives. We thank you for loving us. Thank you for living or giving us everlasting life that gives us full heavenly assurance. We hope that you could always lead us to your Father every day. 
Help us to grow spiritually by your sweet and gentle Holy Spirit. Please give us the desire to spiritually grow. Give us the hunger and the thirst to know you more in our lives. Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us, teach us. Reveal to us the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ so our life will always give glory and honor to him. Thank you for removing the sin, the shame, the guilt, and the condemnation that the enemy can use to pull us down. Thank you for revealing us your truth always and help us to always bank on your word of truth. All these things we ask in the powerful name of our Lord, Master, God, and Savior, Jesus Christ. I also would like to pray for another group of people if you would like to receive eternal life and experience abundant life in Jesus Christ, I'd like you to follow this prayer sincerely in your heart. Repeat these words after me by saying, Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know I cannot save myself by any form of good works and religiosity. I come before you with humility, believing that Jesus Christ, your son, died for me on the cross. And after three days, rose again from the grave. Today, I open my heart. I believe and receive him into my life. I now accept Jesus Christ. Yeah, come on, you say it. I now accept Jesus Christ as my Lord, my God, my Savior. Thank you for the eternal life and abundant life that you have given me. I now ask your Holy Spirit to transform me and change me and to make me the kind of person that you want me to be i pray all these things in jesus name amen if you pray that prayer i want you to connect with the pastors leaders and volunteers in this church now let me say my final prayer the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. God bless you all and have a great week.